Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of our podcast for Be Hot Yoga. I'm Suzanne, and I am so excited today because I have the opportunity to talk to two of our very renowned teachers that um, you may or may not know are also trained psychotherapists. Mary and Kathy are with me in studio today, and um, we wanted to take a little bit of time and have a discussion about yoga, the benefits of yoga to your mental health in your life. And so girls, welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. It is good to be here. And um, where do we want to start? Who, who, Mary, Kathy, get, jump in and just let's... Well, I think that everybody would agree that the head's connected to the body, right? <laughs> so, uh, and so when I think Usually. about yoga, right? And when I think about yoga, it really is the connection between the body and the mind. So we use our breath to sort of connect those two um, places together the bridge bridge. Mm -hmm. and um, I know that one of the the benefits for the lineage the Bikram lineage and the 26 and 2 for me is that you know there's so much uncertainty in life and so when we go into the room we kind of know what to expect somewhat and then we can really turn off our brain the cognitive component that overthinks and go in to the body the more the emotional the internal processes and um, that's what I think is mm-hmm. the most I agree. And I think that that allows for, you know, we start the 26-2 with a breathing exercise. We end with a breathing exercise. And, you know, given that the breath, we use the breath as the bridge between the mind and the body, we can, since we don't have to think, mm-hmm. because our muscles will just take over and do the poses, you know, we can bring awareness to the breathing and just you know the breathing cycle and you know the more you practice the more you become aware of you know the calmness of your breathing Mm -hmm. or you know when you feel like you're not breathing as you usually do because of a respiratory problem or some other reason allergies for heaven's sake and this city (laughs) it's like (laughs) you know it's like all you know these things kind of you can your muscles can still do Mm -hmm. you know what they're going to do Mm-hmm. It, even when the breathing is compromised. That's and it's true. so nice to, don't you think, to be in a hot room where, you know, if it's congestion that's bothering you, the heat just is so healing. Mm-hmm. And that allows for the breathing. Absolutely. I really think that, you know, the more that we learn about our bodies and uh, the awareness that we have and how we process, whether it be a you know happy event or a stressful event, we can really learn to cope uh, more effectively with what life gives us. And so in the room, uh, in the yoga room, you know, we, we practice focus and attention skills. We practice um, how we manage the heat for the day, uh, the interactions and all the, the um, stimuli uh, with the bodies around us. And if we can learn to generalize those skills outside of the room, you know, I focus on that because, yes, we, we cultivate that awareness in the room, but I hope that people can then later generalize those skills outside of the room. Like in dealing with stressful in situations with stressful in their situations life. And relationships, whether it be, you know, events or the interactions that we have with other people. And so the more we have an awareness of how we respond, whether it be physically and emotionally, psychologically, um, even socially, it gives us so much information about not only ourselves, but about the relationships in the world we live. Okay, so talk me through that, like say a specific posture. Let's talk about um, 
like what happens for someone in standing head to knee like you're looking in the mirror you've got a balance i mean talk me through talk me through someone's headspace of it and like how they can switch it you know what i mean how they can become more aware well, the focal point, of course, the meditative quality is the focal point is your eyes. All right. So when you think about a moving meditation, you come back and you look at even beyond what you see in the mirror. And, you know, the, the yoga speech, our dialogue actually guides someone and helps them concentrate in the room. Right. And over and over and over and over again. And so, yeah, go ahead, Kathy. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but <laughs> I shouldn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> and now I've forgotten my thought completely. You know, I was, you know, I was thinking to, you know, we're practicing in front of a mirror that goes from one wall to another wall, and it's kind of impressive how wide your per, you become you know, the awareness your of the peripheral vision. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, as Mary was saying, you know, when you're focusing on your eyes or some aspect that's kind of, you know, high up, like on your face, it could be the middle of your forehead right, right. you know it's just the, I, the focus it's important because you know it's going to be in the beginning I remember how easy it was to just you know notice movement and when people weren't all moving together <laughs> it's like I, how can I focus on my eyes this person next to me or this person three people away from me is doing something that I'm not doing all the distractions you know, it's just you know distractions and I wanted to get back to what you were saying about, you know, the, the focus that, that comes in, that we, we practice in yoga, but comes outside of the room, it, it gets to the point where you, you know, it's like you're not even aware of how calm you are, like in traffic, it's like you're sitting there and other people are honking their horns and they're saying, go, 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 or, you know, move, 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 and you're like, I'm going to use it a little more colorful than that. <laughs> Would you like to speak to that a little more? <laughs> no. That could be in our we private therapy session. <laughs> we can address that. Yeah. We can help you with that. Yeah. Um, you, know, you could be planning your evening meal. But it, you know, it's just like you don't get caught up in the, the, react, re, the reaction yeah. Yeah. so much. As, you know, it's sort of like, well, you could react like that, and sometimes you will re react like that. But you have this little tool in your bag because you practice yoga, I think. I mm -hmm. think. You know, and that's, again, the meditative piece. We talk about yoga as being meditation. And I, you know, I think it takes years to grasp exactly what that means in that room. Right. Yeah. We start usually as, well, a lot of times, in fact, I did. I started out for physical reasons, you know, rehab Me reasons. too. Mm -hmm. And then you hope that your yoga practice, I mean, for some people it doesn't, but for me it evolved um, beyond the physical. And then for some it beyonds even to the spiritual. And, um, and so that's just what I gain, and I ho I'm sure that a lot of other people gain mm -hmm. in the room. But with standing head to knee, it's a minute-long posture. It takes a while. Um, everybody's also in a different part or a different stage of the posture and you have to allow for that and acceptance that you're not going to possibly be at the you know full extent of the posture and understand only what your body can do for that moment in time so sort of the awareness of what we can do in that moment the and, here, I, the and here and now the here and now and i think mm -hmm. too for people who are not in the front row but are in the second row where they're learning the poses that 
if they, you know, if we could help them understand that, you know, we were in that row for <laughs> for months and months, sometimes right. years, and and sometimes we choose to get back in that row again because you know other people you know need to be in front and need to see a little better, but you know if you know the, you have to kind of learn a patience with yourself mm -hmm. and you know this is like this is what my body can do today and even you know when people who are seasoned practitioners come in and they say you know I've injured my back I'm gonna set up in the back row you know it's it, it's because primarily there are things that they cannot do and so they want to give themselves a lot more permission to sit through a posture or sit through postures that they cannot do and another posture that we haven't mentioned yet is the backward bend and backward effects, bend. Mm -hmm. especially the emotional effects of the backward bend. You know, thinking primarily here of camel. And then there's yes. that one right at the beginning when we're doing half moon, when we're going back, back. and half moon. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to talk a little bit about that? Yes, I was going to. Well, I think that. going back to the heads connected to the body <laughs> is that the physical discomfort of going backwards and so when your extension your front of your body is extended you know the heart rate's going to go up you're in a it's a little bit uncomfortable and so understanding what's happening physically and not reacting you know the on the emotional the discomfort of the backward bend and so it's a combination of those two so understanding that the heart rate's going to go up you might feel a little bit of catch or anxious part in your throat but working through that with your breath, with, with the breath. breath, and the same with camel. Of course, mm -hmm. you know, at the towards Deeper. the end of mm -hmm. class, the same thing. You're extended. Um, the heart rate's going to go up, and people uh, have a tendency to want to um, react very suddenly and come out of the posture, uh, which is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But then over time, you hope that you can kind of work through that anxious breath and um, move beyond that. Yes, we're hanging upside down, literally. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, not, yes, we are. We're hanging upside down. And you know, when we're really open in the heart region, mm -hmm. the heart chakra area, if you will, you know, we feel, you know, it's a, there's a vulnerability there. It's like, you know, part of the reason, you know, when we walk down the street, not you and me and Suzanne, but, <laughs> Because people hunched over, kind of. You know, people hunch over. They kind of draw their shoulders in a little bit. Kind of, it's a kind of a protective gesture. But you know, when you stand up tall and you're open up, it's like you are open to the world. And whether you want to be or not, when you're doing those backward bends, you are open to the world. And sometimes we're going through rough periods, and you know that just can tap into tears or anxiety. You know, whatever it may be, and it's just normal. It's mm -hmm. just. You know, and I think just know, a feeling. Of, it's just a feeling, but part <laughs> of our role is just to normalize that. Yes, for, exactly. You know, <laughs> we always say, you know, when you go backwards now, you may feel dizzy, nauseated. It's like and you just run off a list of things, and it's like it's normal. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my thing I've been saying in class lately, and, and in particular this morning, I had a couple people that were having a really rough time, and they assured me it wasn't too hot, by the way, um, but it was. You know, like if you if you're having a rough time, you're detoxing something. So you should really mm -hmm. like it. I mean, feel good about that. Like, don't get mad at yourself. Don't get um, frustrated. Don't get just let it just be with it and right. breathe through it. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's a, it's very good news. 
Because you're right. letting we something go. You yeah. don't have to look at it in a negative context. Even being vulnerable does not necessarily that means that it's negative. Right. Or it's compromised. It can be, but it's not compromising something. And I agree with you. The very last thing you want to do, Suzanne, is to be harsh with yourself. Right. And to it's the antithesis of yoga, really. Mm -hmm. it, it's just like, it's like, this is just human. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, the, one of the, the, there's many things, but one of the things I love most about our studio and our group and our sort of family tribe, it doesn't matter what my day's like, it doesn't matter if I'm teaching class or taking class, no matter what, I always feel better when I leave that room than when I came in. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, no matter what happens, it's like, oh my God, so it's like this little place of, of mine and ours mm -hmm. that it's like, oh God, I can't wait, just can't wait to get there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, let me say uh, one of the benefits from a social perspective, I uh, think about groups, right? You know, as human beings, uh, we would not survive unless we were in a group. So part of the benefits psychologically is the, the relationships that we form, you know, within that group context. And I can't tell you, you know, my yoga family is very, very important to me. Mm -hmm. And so I completely agree that when we go in there, um, the connection with others I mean, there's so much research about the importance of that exactly. and just mental health. But. I think more recently, too, I, don't, I know, I, don't, I think you probably have, too, you know, studied, you know, you study the brain a lot, yes. and I've been to seminars about that, and I'm going to some seminars, I've been to some seminars about the aging brain, and the... Why is that, Kathy? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> For when I get We're all older. aging. <laughs> for the aging brain <laughs> it's my client population right now <laughs> so I'm right in there with them but the inner the interactions the connections mm -hmm. th that you make in a group no matter what kind of group it is it's very important just to have that group because it keeps your brain active mm -hmm. it keeps your brain young and I think you know the dual benefit of practicing yoga in a hot room is the you know the intensity of the heat the detoxing because the detoxing you know we think about what's going on with our body but we still have not been able to separate the brain or the mm -hmm. mind from the body <laughs> nor do we want to and so you know we th we come into the room sometimes i know originally for the physical mm -hmm. piece but and the mental piece is just lanyap it's like i can remember when i first started i was working five days a week in an agency mm -hmm. setting and th there was nothing like coming into yoga at the end of the day and just letting that sweat out you know it's like because we hear a lot I know a lot, we hear a lot and it's just like it's symbolic yes. for just letting mm -hmm. things just go they drip it, out yes, drip yes. out drip yes. out yes. and dripping and all that dripping provides clarity mm -hmm. absolutely which is very beneficial beneficial mentally yeah oh my gosh prevents burnout when mm -hmm. you think about it um, certainly did that for me and calmness so. mm -hmm. and patience how many times a week do you practice Kathy now yeah at least four I started practicing when I started practicing it was six and then it went down to four because life life yeah. stuff and so now for how often do you get to practice, Suzanne? 
Three or four. Three or three four. Three or four, Mary. What about you? Four. I try yeah. to do four. If it's a great week, then five. But mm -hmm. um, that's a and great just week. It all, you know, I think three is the minimal, but life gets in the way, too. Right. Well, you don't listen. I'm certainly not asking the question so that anyone listening is going to be like, "Oh shit, I got to come more." <laughs> no, you know, come yeah, more. Speaking of that, you know, what I what I will tell and think about behavior, and certainly I'm a behavioralist, is that even if somebody practices one time a week, they're still maintaining the behavior. That's so important. Versus, and I've taken a long lapse right. in my practice over the years, um, but whether it be one time or six times. Um, it's still practicing the behavior and getting the benefits from it. Right. It just varies. Yeah. And one of the things that you know, students have been who have been away from the practice for their practice for a while will come in, and it's like, and we'll go, so good to see you. Where have you been? And it's like, oh, you ca I can't tell you how much I've needed this. You know, it's mm -hmm. just they need. You know, it's like you need to get back because you can feel yourself not being yourself. You know, or how you begin to think of yourself. You know, when you're practicing more regularly. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I get a little nutty if I don't go for a while. Mm. Can you tell? I get, <laughs> I get grumpy and very edgy and sh and kind of, you know, squint like something's eyes, missing. like, you know, and, uh, you know, I feel for the students when I'm at that point. That's true. <laughs> it's like, look out. Yeah, really. You know, it's like. Can I go back and reset yeah. when you go into the room? If it's, if it's hot. If it's hot. <laughs> and heat. Boy. <laughs> If you are upset or angry, heat will tap into that, and you will come out of that room angry, hateful. Oh. Can I say pissed off on this channel? Yes, sure. <laughs> pissed off. <laughs> pissed off at the teacher, and it's like because we're not hot and normal. Because you know, it's like boy, that's that stuff really needed to come up. But you know, just take a deep breath, cold shower, come back tomorrow. Yeah, well, it, it does. It does tap into just about everything mm -hmm. it can tap into mm -hmm. the the mirrors, the heat, the people around you, and then just the idea of the focus and the discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I went through phases where it, there there were certain people that I just if I if I saw them come into the room and I would move my mat to the other side because they were just <laughs> jumping around or whatever, it would make me crazy. Sure, no, but. Over time, you get to the place like I don't. It doesn't. I don't right. notice it anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Usually, um, <clears throat> but then there are some days. Take a deep breath. <laughs> no, but exactly right. But then there are some days that you're like, oh, I. Mm, that's. I still need to work on that. But right? you know that tells us something about ourselves. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and it's a reflection of how we how we act in there, internally, and then of course whatever the external stimuli is. It really tells us about ourselves if we listen, if we are tuned into that. And we have the awareness of mm. that. Um, and sometimes we don't. And then some, some days we are, you know, there's a spotlight on us. And right? I, almost, yes, I almost want to say, you know, so if you are identifying with any of the th these things that we're saying, just remind yourself, well, you know, when you get upset or, you know, any, any of those emotions that you would rather not have. Just remind yourself that you're human and you just want to sit down and breathe through it because it's impermanent. <laughs> That's it's true. not going to be hot forever. Sometimes it's cooler when you sit down. You know, it may be psychologically cooler. It may be physically cooler. Whatever it is, grab hold of it, stay down. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then get up again, you know, when, when you feel like you can. But whatever is good will pass. Whatever is bad will pass. You know, that's, that's just life. Yeah, that is. Um, girls, anything else you want to add? I think you two, this is a fantastic conversation. I love it. 
Uh, me too. We could go on forever, but you know what? Be hot. Our listening be fabulous, audience. Our listening right? audience is going. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we'll see you in the hot room. Yeah. Come on. Thank you so much. Right. Thank Thanks. you.